Welcome everybody. Um, I wanted to get this one done. I got two cameras going here. We got people, some of our brothers and sisters here on over on Instagram, because uh, they refused to adopt the uh Facebook stuff. So we got Instagram Live, we have Facebook Live in the group. Shit on my shirt. All right, this is one that's been coming up all week. I wanted to get it in before I left. I didn't spend usually a lot of research for I did this video, but I want you to know. What the topic of the video is today, it is a common one I hear throughout the country. It is a misnomer, a fallacy, a, a common myth. And what's it supported by? Yes, that's right. Nobody reading case law. Just saying things and taking guesses as usual. And that's what we're here to do, to spell myths, right? With what? Facts. So what's that myth today? It is handcuffing by itself, the gesture of handcuffing somebody during investigative detention converts that to a full-blown arrest. Uh, and that couldn't be further from the truth, supported by many court cases in many states. As a matter of fact, I haven't found a state yet that actually said that once you put handcuffs on somebody, that automatically makes it a de facto arrest. It is not true. It is absolute BS. And as I always say, if you have something that is contradictory to the statements that I'm making here off of factual data, you can go ahead and send me that stuff and we'll review it. Is there a possibility that a state may have some case law that says the latter of what I'm advocating today? Yeah, sure, there is. Sure. I mean... There are new federalism allows states to uh, disengage or, or not follow the federal standard. There are new federalism, right? We follow a lot of it, and especially Massachusetts, um, Minnesota. Those states have a lot of new federalism. So let's go into this with facts. I'm going to read from a book that I always advocate for people to read, right? It's a law book that if you begin to read it, you'll become very, very, very smart and separate yourself from everybody else. And then I got my Ed Esposito uh, cheat sheet, which helped me today. Uh, he does a class here in Jersey. Laws of Rest, Search, and Seizure. I uh, just got my cheat sheet because it's abbreviated. It was quick. Uh, and it's getting late, and I have to get out of here. And I wanted to get this one done today. We just had a real busy day. Uh, we have a lot going on. We have a lot of classes coming up. And, of course, my wife is calling me right in the middle of it. So hopefully she sees this and stops calling me a little bit. By the way, if you have a comment or you want me to address something, you have a question during this time, if I can address it, if I have the right answer, certainly go ahead and add it to the comment section. Uh, I'm really, really on the uh, thought process of getting a lot more of these videos up and running of uh, these questions. Uh, share with me. Bring home the vacuum, please. It's in my truck. <laughs> so uh, if you have a question during this, you want to post it in the comments section. I can see that. Whatever you have. But let's go into this. Handcuffing a person during an investigative detention. Here's some cases we can talk about. A number of other courts have held that the placing of a person in handcuffs may fall within the permissible scope of a temporary investigative detention under Terry v. Ohio. For example, in United States v. Kaperman, K-A-P-P-E-R-M-A-N, 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, 1985, the court noted that neither handcuffing nor the or other restraints will automatically convert a Terry stop into a de facto arrest, requiring probable cause uh, to arrest will not justify an excessive force to detain suspect. The use of a particular method to restrain a person's freedom of movement does not necessarily make a police action tantamount to an arrest. The inquiry in either context is reasonableness. So a lot of times we see permissible um, handcuffing when there's a safety issue. That's the underlying theme of when you can use handcuffs during an investigative detention. So uh, maybe it just preceded a, uh, a violent call was preceding this. The person was thought to be armed and dangerous. Um, the police officers outnumbered. There were suspicious gestures or moves, um, uh, or motives or moves, whatever it may be. And what I can tell you is, uh, movements, what I was trying to say before. What I can tell you is, uh, 
it's always going to be taken into account on the totality of the circumstances. How do we ensure it doesn't roll into a de facto arrest? Well, we talk about the types of confinement, and the idea is to, once the threat of safety issues has been removed, well, then you're supposed to remove the handcuffs, right? And that will not convert into an automatic probable cause for arrest, not a de facto arrest now. Every day, the messages that I get in from people about their coworkers, their superiors, giving horrendous advice based on nothing except their feeling towards things or things they heard at a bar or because somebody said this and they listen. But folks, we just need to read these things, right? Like, why are we peddling and recycling the bullshit that is hindering police officers, right? So please, if you're going to be adamant about a position on something, please, for the love of God, have supporting documentation on what you're advocating. Let's go further. Also see United States v. Tillman, 1994. Handcuffing, once highly problematical, problematic, is becoming quite acceptable in the context of a Terry stops. United States versus Purdue, 10th Circuit, 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. Nothing recent trend allowable police to use handcuffs or place ups on the ground during a Terry stop. You, United States versus Purry, P-U-R-R-Y. Uh, this is 1976. Handcuffing of a defendant was reasonable as a corollary of the lawful Terry stop in order to maintain status quo while the officer sought more information. U.S. versus Crittenden. Uh, I'm holding the use of handcuffs. It's C-R-I-T-T-E-N-D-O-N. In the context of a Terry stop where it's reasonably necessary to protect the officer's safety. U.S. versus Taylor, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, 1983. Use of handcuffs, if reasonably necessary, while substantially aggravating the intrusiveness of an investigatory stop, does not necessarily convert a Terry stop into an arrest necessitating probable cause. To determine whether handcuffs are an appropriate temporary restraint during the course of a Terry stop, courts will generally ask whether there are serious safety concerns present and whether a reasonable person could conclude that the person detained is free to free to leave once the Terry inquiry has ended. Wow. Strong language. If you don't believe what I'm saying or somebody else is telling you the latter, the response is, well, he's provided us with this. And by the way, I'm going to add this to the notes into these videos uh, if you're on Okay, the book. So real quick, Larissa asked about the book. This is uh, Criminal Procedure for Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Professionals. So it's a it's a review. Uh, it's by Blue 360 Media Now. Publisher is Larry Holtz. It's a review of uh, U.S. Supreme Court, U.S. District Court rulings with some state case law uh, as examples. But I mean, really, what a general book to go for. Once you get good, at, once you know this, you could take this information and then apply it and run it uh, search criteria against your state. Right. So like I've done videos on how to use casetext.com or Google Scholar. Really easy to use. My suggestion is these are the district court rulings. These are the U.S. Supreme Court rulings. I would certainly take time to go into Google Scholar or Google search. Use of handcuffs, not a, not a full-blown arrest. Um, if you can use casetext.com, it's easy to use. It's a simple, simple platform to use. And you will find the, um, the state. And, you know, unfortunately, if you start asking me about your state, your state, your state, there's 50 states. There's a lot of people watching this or going to see it. I don't have time to research everybody's state. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just a lot. We have a lot going on here. It's a very busy time. It's a very interesting time. Uh, it's good, but it's over. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. So I don't have time to go through all these. But I often when I come to a state, and like I said, when I come to a state and I do case law, we'll do the surrounding states. So we take into account who's showing up. And we'll make sure we implement that now into, their, into the training as well. Um, I'll have the actual case that says they agree with this when it when a case certainly doesn't um, aligns with this. Here's a Washington v. Lambert. Um, 
Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. <clears throat> the court went so far as to list a few of these special circumstances in which handcuffing, although an especially intrusive means of effecting a stop, should be permissible. Where the suspect is uncooperative or takes action at the scene that raises a reasonable probability of danger or flight. Where the police have information the suspect is currently armed. Where the stop closely follows a violent crime and where the police have information that a crime may have involved, uh, may, that may involve violence is about to occur. In the absence of continuing threat to an officer safety or citizen safety, handcuffs should be removed if the protective frisk uncovers no weapons. Uh, see Lafarve. Absent other threatening circumstances, once the, pat, once the pat down reveals the absence of a weapon is of weapons, the handcuffs should be removed. Young versus Prince George's County. Uh, you have an FBI agent one here. You have United States versus, we have Trinidad. Um, and let me read the Jersey one before we go, because obviously we're a Jersey-based company. We had a few people actually reach out to me and ask me about the Jersey one. I know the guy from North Carolina wanted me to do a video on this. Sorry, I didn't have time to research North Carolina. I promise you there's 96 moving parts right now here at Street Cop Training. Uh, we are extremely busy. We have a lot of new people being hired. We are onboarding a lot of folks. Um, so there's been a lot happening. Here's New Jersey, State versus Dickey. 1998 still holds precedent because I teach in my class. Uh, the New Jersey Supreme Court refused to hold that a handcuffing by itself automatically converts a Terry stop into a full-blown arrest. Factors to consider. In New Jersey, they said, whether the suspect is uncooperative or takes action at the scene that raises a reasonable probability of danger of flight. Hmm. Sounds like we're, we're citing persuasive or binding case law. Whether the police have information the suspect is currently armed and whether the stop mostly follows a violent crime, whether the police have information that a violent crime is about to occur. Just like that, this is actually on the SARDS exam in 2012 in New Jersey Civil Service. And uh, if you didn't know this, you got it wrong. I don't know what to say, but it was on the SARDS exam and people called me and said, hey, was, uh, was that the right answer? Yeah, it was. You're allowed to use handcuffs without affecting a full-blown arrest. If you have something that says something differently. Uh, you know, it's funny. Some people come up with some, some shit and they'll bring it over. They're like, oh, well, this one said it. Right, but you're not reading it correctly, right? There were other factors. Um, the handcuffs were left on for two hours. They were placed in a police car. For, I just read one. Um, it was about a girl who was just the other day. Um, her brother was shot at a raid. Um, what the hell was it? I was reading it just before. So her brother was shot. The, the police, of, co uh, of course, handcuff her, put her in the back of the police car, and take her out of police headquarters, interrogate her for four hours without even reasonable suspicion. Uh, and she obviously sued and won. And it's just comical to me because it's comical and it's, it's fucking terrifying that New bad case law rests on the back and shoulders of people not knowing existing case law. It There isn't a truer thing that's being said about this topic. When you don't know what you're doing and you're just going out and shooting from the hip or taking a guess or you're peddling nonsense and you're, you're believe it or not, if you don't know this stuff, you could be committing illegal conduct, right? You could be committing illegal conduct, but you don't know that until you read it, yet nobody reads it. I'm not talking about legal conduct where you're using too much force. I'm talking about procedurally, according to what the courts have said police officers can do under Fourth Amendment search and seizure. Um, how could you know what to do? How could you squeeze everything that you know, like, if you're not reading this stuff? Like, think about this, how scary this is. How many people, right? How many people, how many supervisors, how many police administration, how many people at the academies don't even know this simple fact that, handcuffing doesn't transform a Terry stop or investigate attention to a full-blown arrest. That's scary. Cause I'm telling you, it's a far majority of folks. Some people are like, no, that's how we do it here. Like we know that, right? But guys, I've gotten like six messages in the past four days of this topic where the world is saying to me, do a video on it. 
help educate your brothers and sisters. I'm not taking time to criticize you. I'm taking time to stress the importance of having knowledge of this, right? Street smarts is great. How to shoot. You can fight. That's all good stuff, but guys, this is important too. Like, don't negate the, the, the importance of understanding your state's case law. If you take time to read 50 to 75 cases just to have you way further ahead than anybody else. And always don't forget, if you're going to a case law update search and seizure class, even if it's for me or one of our instructors, right, you should always heed some caution and think about who you're hearing it from and are they showing you the facts on the screen? And when they're conveying the facts to you, are they reciting the facts accurately and correctly? It's a real big thing. It's a real big issue, right? So uh, I don't think we have any questions, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I'm not seeing comments. Let me just check my phone. Oh, I can't check my phone because it's on here. Some people are writing into me. But anyway, listen, I appreciate everybody who's here. Need anything, you can DM me. I'm going to do a video. Some people posted some stuff about the Pennsylvania State Police doing improper Terry Frisks. I haven't read the article yet. I see it in the queue. It's waiting. I'm going to get to that tomorrow. I'm trying to get out here to give you guys more value of the training that you'll love. Uh, so I'll, I'll add these all these cases uh, up. I haven't found the state yet where the mere use of handcuffs transformed a Terry stop into a full-blown invest, uh, arrest, de facto arrest, without probable cause. I mean, it's just the silliest shit in the world. And just stop. Like, just learn, please. Like, if you didn't know this and you just learned it, that's great. But, like, if you didn't know this and you're advocating it, you are not helping anybody. Like, and by the way, when you get exposed and then you get insecure because you got exposed and you get angry, like that just speaks volumes of your character. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just ex exposes you who you are. Like to say like, oh, I didn't know. Just don't be talking about it unless you know it. You know what I mean? Like that's all. You're, I, you'll never hear me start bringing shit up that I don't know. Like I'm not going to talk about things that I don't know. Don't think because you are somebody that you don't need to stop and ask or research and give your people the right information in order to uh, have success in the fields in order to use handcuffs when they could have because you told them they couldn't and now they got shot in the friggin' face where they use the handcuffs, right? It just goes further down the line of like, this is a real safety issue, right? You got people who are apprehensive to take handcuffs out, put them on folks when they have the right to do so without affecting arrest because they heard from somebody who had no supporting factors. None. Even those liberal states say the same shit. So, sorry. Uh, thank you all for your continued support. Peace.